Welcome to the Gooners Podcast. Today's a very convenient episode, an episode that's open all day, every day, around the clock, and an episode that you can slurpy down as long as you don't mind the brain freeze. Tonight, we take a big gulp out of all the Arsenal news you can drink. So stay tuned, enjoy, and off we go. Thank heavens for Gooners Pod, episode 711. Once upon a time, way back when there were only 9,000 Arsenal podcasts, Five young men from various backgrounds. An Irish kid with a horrible haircut. A young Jewish nerd who hadn't discovered food yet. A child from Hemel Hempstead who didn't want to be English no more. A handsome advertising magnate with impeccable judgment. And a young Mexican AC Milan fan. Hatched a plan to take over the world of Arsenal podcasts. But then these boys became men. Jared, Mikey, Ewan, Magic, and Andy. And the rest, my friends, is history. And now, all these years later, you tune in every so often to hear their incredible takes, their football knowledge, and their sensual advice. But now, it's gone too far. You, our fans, are at long last witness to season seven. 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 Welcome to the Gooners Pod. Hello and welcome everybody to the Gooners Pod, season seven, episode eleven. Uh, been a few days since we pod uh busy week at work owen went missing we just finally dragged him out of his hole sorry about that but we're back tonight we're back tomorrow again so buckle up and enjoy owen you looking lovely this evening with your typical uh flashy background <laughs> i'm a man of simple taste mike no it's good <clears throat> do you want to know what i've actually noticed our subscriber count has actually climbed up slightly um over this past week 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 or so and i think it's down to the brilliant video you did of financially breaking down arsenal expenditure and the incomings and outgoings and stuff and i just want to let those people know don't set the bar too high that isn't a regular occurrence that we're that intelligent on this podcast. we're going to be though I'm, I'm going to be doing more of those uh over the over the coming weeks i just need to uh find another home and another family to allow me to to take the kind of time that i had to put into that episode but um, you know, I realized that the whole 7-Eleven thing might not resonate with some of you in the British Isles. Uh, I actually thought that myself straight away. Straight were you away wondering, like, what did you know what that was about? Or were you like, people mm-hmm. aren't going to know what this is about? No, I knew. Everybody. Okay, not that fucking stupid. Well, 7-Eleven, I, I did some research. And they used to be in the UK, like, until the 80s. And then they, I think they got bought and they left and they haven't come back yet. Um, kind of like French just did. Um did you just give up on us because I hadn't introduced you yet? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm disgusted. Uh, well, well, I was, I'm I, was, I, was transi- I have a process that I that I follow. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Maybe some people are confused about what it's about. But if you are, you know, fuck you. So tonight we welcome we welcome back a man who smells amazing, who's making people laugh for a living. Mostly because he thinks Belgium is located right in that area between Angola and Zambia. Uh, a man who has more fake names even than Ian and Owen and, and, and Ian. Great to have you back, French Gooner 23. Or can I just call you French Gooner for short? 
Yeah, or even just French, man. Like whatever. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going with that. Yeah. No, thanks. Um, yeah. So I'm on my phone right now because my my MacBook battery like crapped out. So that's why I, I left. And during your introduction, it wasn't because I was disgusted. I did like the the Seven Eleven, the Seven Eleven thing. Made me think of Simpsons. Apu. So. I mean, ah, okay. I mean so, yeah, but we, we, so you know, we're not that dumb, culture. as Owen says. Because like... you lot are too I mean, young to remember 7-Eleven. All right. I think we got a little bit of lag, but we'll try to work through and it. So, far away. Yeah. So <laughs> first, I, I want to cover your burgeoning comedy career, French. But, but first, I, I have to address the major controversy that came out of your last visit to the pod in September of last year. Um, you know, the press are asking mm -hmm. for an explanation. We, we, we need to really, we, we need to resolve this. So here's the genesis of the situation. For those of you that didn't join us back in September, um, listen very carefully to the top shelf analysis of our special guest that day. Uh, at the time, we had just beaten Burnley. We were talking about our young new signing by the name of Sambi Lakanga. You know, um, amazing is probably not it's top six quality it's probably not even top four quality um it's not an awful midfield pairing you know if, if sambi has a bad couple of months or you know during afcon jack has to step up with maybe maitland niles or whoever's going to be around um it's not the worst thing in the world to have jack to fall back on um so it's not really a concern for me all right so it starts there and um you know i'm rolling along because you know look I'm a podcast host of some 350 some odd episodes. Okay. I'm on the Mount Rushmore of podcasters that are Jewish, overweight, balding American and have hot wives. Uh, I'm pretty sure I get up there. Um, so let me just explain something to you. When our honored guests have a hot take such as that, I go with it. All right. I mean, right, Owen? I mean, that's what I should be doing. I mean, I, oh, you, know, you go with it. I'm not, I'm not the type to sit here to, to just pounce on you, rip you apart you know, jump on your every mistake, uh, you know, cancel you. I'm the facilitator of sorts, the, the host. You're the talent, so the expert. So if you say Sambi is going to AFCON, as far as I'm concerned, dude is going to AFCON. So because of what you said, and, and solely and only because of what you said, this then followed. I, I'm, I'm not one to make transfer decisions based on AFCON and other, like, you know, relatively short in the grand scheme of things, competitions. But it is just now hitting me that Lakanga and, and, and Partey will both be gone at the exact same time for potentially a month or more. All right, so I stuck my foot in it. Um, <laughs> you know, no, I, I don't just think the same. You know, I don't, I don't, whatever you're thinking about me, it's not true. Um, <laughs> I just want to take a closer look because other than my ridiculously stupid goatee, did you notice anything else interesting about that clip? Um, I, didn't no? actually, I didn't actually get to see the clip. It didn't pop up on my thing. Okay. Um, well, here's here's the original clip. I, I'm, I'm not one to make transfer decisions based on AFCON and other, like, you know, relatively short in the grand scheme of things, yeah, competitions. <laughs> But it is just now hitting me that Lakanga and, jo and and Partey will both be gone at the exact same time for potentially a month or more. All right, did you see it that time? No, it's it's not it's not showing up on my. All right, well, uh, please forget browser. Forget forgive our technical dis uh, difficulties. Oh, and did you see that? I did not. I, I seen the clip. I didn't see the difference. So what? what no, no, no. no. Here, 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 here's the here's what we need to pay special attention to here. 
right, and and French, you're you're just gonna have to roll with us because because I'll, I'll just take not, your word for it. It's not playing <laughs> on your phone, but uh, if you can't see it in the chat, let me know because it'll you know then we're just sitting here watching you talk <laughs> after nonsense. Um, but during that clip, pay special attention. But it is just now hitting me that Lakanga and jo and, and Partey will both be gone at the exact same time for potentially a month or more. That Lakanga and jo and and Partey will both be gone at the exact same time for potentially a month or more. The exact same time for potentially a month or more. <laughs> All right, so. We're, we're gonna we're gonna explain the bit because French isn't seeing the videos. I basically, uh, while I whilst I was saying that, you were nodding your head vehemently in agreement, uh, further emboldening me with my concept of of Thomas Partey and Sambu Lakanga missing in January for for the Avcon. Um, now, this is the reason why I like to po to pod with a co-host. It's for this exact same reason because. Sometimes you need there to be an adult in the room. And strangely enough, in this instance, it was the guy who was half my age. And uh, and here's what happened next. All right. So, uh, Owen, Lukanga, um, other than AFCON, I mean, are you, is he your, 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 your nailed on starter in that situation? I mean, we, we can, we can talk about he's not, the whole... a, he's not eligible for a He He's Belgium international. Is he not? Anyway, why, why did I let you talk me into that, French? <laughs> he is Belgian. Well, he played for England. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah, a Belgian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he plays yeah. for Belgium. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He plays for Belgium, uh, French says. So, so now I'm left, I'm left like holding the bag. It's like, it's like, oh, we've got money to pay in this store. Uh, and then someone leaves and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it. Um, so... I love though how you stayed so calm, Owen. Because I would have been like, I remember uh, and see this just he's Belgian. He's not. He's not from Africa. This, like, this either he's actually not eligible. For the this either speaks volumes to the amount of confidence I have in you, probably wrongly, or the lack of confidence I have in myself. Either of those two things are probably unhealthy. But <laughs> I remember actually doubting myself, being like. Jesus, if these guys are saying he's, I <laughs> that's why you didn't go all in on us because you're no. you're you're pretty sure of your concept. I mean, you know, be more be more secure because you're. I mean, the people in the chat certainly were. I mean, we got we got hammered in there, but uh, I, I just love how you're like, no, 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 no. Actually, he's not eligible. Like, like he is from Africa, but he didn't register in time or something. Like that. He hasn't. He hasn't. Yeah, he he chose to play for Belgium. So here's the look in our eyes when we realize that that we that, that something horrible has happened. Watch this. He's not eligible for it. He he's Belgium international. Is he not? He's not eligible for it. He he's Belgium international. Is he not? <laughs> we're just we're just frozen. We we just can't even like. I'm like. <laughs> Let me figure out how bad this is. <laughs> no, see, I'm I'm wondering how far I should um, dig myself down in the hole 
You know? Because <laughs> like, 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 should, should I double down? At this point? I could I'd double like... down and I could be like, well, he should play for his Africa. Do you know what I mean? I could I could have got... and I was in my head, I was calculating it, and I was like, Can I be bothered to make this statement <laughs> like on this YouTube video? But um, you know, and I, I feel I feel like, you know. That's that's a whole that's a whole different discussion. But yeah, there's a case to be made. I could double down on my statement and be like, Sambi, listen, I know you don't play for your African nation, but but you should. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe it's not too late. I don't know. Yeah, you know, the Belgium, you know, they don't exactly they're not exactly loved by for their reputation for what they've done in Africa, you know. So, you know, maybe, you know, ditch the Belgium, play for your African country, you know. I I think I could convince him. If I can convince Owen that he that he should play for him, then I could probably convince Sammy that he actually plays for Congo. Yeah, Owen actually. uh, I actually don't know where he's from. (laughs) Owen actually plays for Belgium now. Um, But uh, this is how it ends. You know, obviously my my attempt at damage control didn't work, and uh, and and this will end the 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 reminiscing from last year. with this final clip before no, before anyone be <laughs> cast uh, aspersions upon me making assumptions i was just following along with <laughs> he, 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 yeah, he literally played for belgium in the last international break <laughs> like, yeah, but... <laughs> and now i'm, right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get canceled i thought it was just maths i didn't know you did countries um, <laughs> I, I don't I, I, I do math uh, and um, jewish holidays so those are my two things but but yeah. i mean the, the point still is that you know if he is bad for a couple of seasons <laughs> please get me out of this <laughs> yeah yeah no, you're good I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of it uh, unfortunately I think that he doesn't have the personnel to do that just yet okay so so I thought that was going to be the last podcast but uh, but apparently not so so anyway French welcome back to the pod uh, what what are we going to do today that that, uh, that we could talk about next year Oh. you're on mute back to australia you know the nation that he plays for and i'm just kind of you know mad about that um nah you tell me bro because for me i don't know what's really going on at the moment with arsenal like we're in a little bit of a lull it feels like we're sort of waiting for some stuff to happen but i'm sure you've um i'm sure you've uh oh we got some stuff to talk about i mean the title yeah. of the show is rafinha schmafinha but we'll and we'll get to rafinha gate in a minute but the one other kind of by way of introduction thing we want to catch everyone up on uh, on your career because you're you're not oh, just an sure. Arsenal supporter, you're not just a guy uh, with actual hair, unlike unlike myself and Owen. Um, <laughs> you know, you're you're an aspiring and 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 uh, and climbing professional comedian right now. So so catch us up on your career. I think you've been getting up and uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm essentially basically putting you at the pinnacle of your career already i tend to get excited yeah 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 yeah, yeah. you definitely are um all right well let's let's be absolutely clear i'm not quite professional uh, in the sense that this is not my full-time living kind of uh profession i've been i've been doing gigs for about seven eight months now i've i've racked up about 70 odd gigs so I've been I've been going pretty hard and it's been it's been very fun. Obviously, I'm from Bristol, uh, UK, so I've been doing a lot of gigs around the southwest kind of circuit. Um, and then just recently started our own night. <laughs> just recently started our own night um, at Cozy's in St. Paul's in Bristol. If people know Bristol, they know St. Paul's. 
And um, yeah, it's the only comedy night in St. Paul's, which is nice. It's like the African Caribbean, traditionally African Caribbean area of Bristol. And so, um, is there an open yeah, mic so spot been... available for Owen and I? Uh, we'll, we'll let you in. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, you know, it's it's that's the area, but that's just like that's just from the history. Obviously, um, most other comedy nights just tend to be like mostly you know white middle class because that's the demographic of of people that tend to go to the city center in Bristol. It fit but in the like, show perfectly, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, my middle so name, actually. Just... It, it, my middle name is Mike White. White upper, middle class, upper class, yeah. <laughs> or middle class, whatever. You Mike say, Wasp like. Feinberg. Um, well, no, you're obviously not Wasp. Yeah. Um, so yeah. <laughs> no, actually, Waspenstein was my original last name. And I, I shortened it to Feinberg for you know for stage purposes. <laughs> for, my, for my career. Well, um, so, so see, 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 when, see when people are looking on French, this is one thing I don't think people understand with comedy is that you think one of your mates is funny and you think people that you meet down the pub is funny. How different is it getting up on stage in front of an audience and mm -hmm. trying to construct a set? Man, yeah, that's that's it's, it's very, very true because what's funny to you and your mate is not necessarily funny to a room full of strangers. And you might think that, yeah, you've come up with the most hilarious shit because you and your friends are fucking dying over it. You say in front of a room full of people and just like, what is this guy talking about? You know, so um, there's it's definitely there's an element of of understanding kind of crowd dynamic and an element of being able to read rooms and and generally understanding kind of how to come up with jokes because I well, think it's pacing not necessarily... too, right? Like the pacing of the jokes yeah. makes a big difference, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, that's kind of, kind of, that's a performance element. So people are either, if you're a good comedian, stand-up comedian, they tend to be either good writers or good performers. And um, sometimes, you know, people are both and they'll, they'll rise to the very top and, and, and you can tell. But um, a lot, it, it's kind of, even even like for someone to do one set it's obviously it's obviously very brave and and, and what well, i say very brave i actually don't think it's fucking brave i think it's 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 it, you know you can get up on stage and kind of just say it's my first time doing stand-up comedy and people in the uk especially in bristol are quite nice so they'll generally be quite supportive and stuff um but the the you actually have to it's the, to be honest the people that go the furthest and then do go to that professional stage and go further it tends to be people who work very hard at it rather than people who um, you know, maybe are the funniest even necessarily because there's, there's you have to be able to control every single kind of different room and all this sort of thing. So, so yeah, it's a lot of graph, but it's it's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, it's I'm almost like, like, like I've watched a lot of shows about comedy and like, it's almost kind of like, you know how they say when you get in jail for the first time, you punch, you go and punch the biggest guy you see because you got to show that you're not afraid of being there. Like, like if you... Yeah. It, and I'm not telling you what your craft is is like, but it just seems to me that like half of it is appearing. I mean, if you show that you're nervous or that you're worried that that you're going to get you know booed off the stage or that what you're saying isn't funny, then it just will not come back out as funny, no matter how funny it actually is. Absolutely, and that's why even if people are supportive, then automatically it's kind of less funny. Like, and there is absolutely something. Then they start that, to like, feel bad absolutely. for you. If you've got like a heckler, yeah, you can't try and appeal to people's better nature. 
Like that's not going to work on a stage because actually people want to see someone bomb as well. That's really enjoyable. That's a nice element of a comedy night is, and, and no one enjoys it more than the other comedians, by the way. Like we're just sitting in the back, just like, yeah, because everyone's done it. And so it's kind of like, you know, we know what it feels like. And so it's even more funny to see someone go for it. But yeah, you can't feel to feel of nature. If someone's heckling you, you can't, you can't try and like, appeal to their better nature there's different ways to deal with a heckler you can deal with them in different ways but uh yeah most <laughs> most people will just yeah just clap back harder and you know really you shouldn't be trying to mess with a comedian because anyone worth their soul is going to make you just look like a fool and it's quite easy to get the whole crowd against one person who thinks they're funnier than everyone else you know so um yeah, yeah man, that's always it, a lot of fun mad respect for what you're doing i mean i it, it i i really think it's kind of one of the hardest things to do and 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 I I just while you were talking came up with an idea that I think would be great for me. I mean I sometimes in my group chats and stuff I'll say something that I you know look I'm sorry I think it's fucking hilarious. Like like I've lost control of my bowels from WhatsApp chats uh, in my house before. Now if I could just create like a WhatsApp comedy club and mm -hmm. just perform there, like hey. I'm lazy. I don't have to actually go anywhere and I don't have to get, I don't have to climb those steps to get up on the stage. But like, if I could just, you know, <laughs> give me a little bit of time. I don't have to get my timing right. I just put it in the WhatsApp chat and people will go crazy and pay for that. Right. <laughs> it build up what, like a, a, like a 30, 40, 50 people, like WhatsApp group and just, just send in videos of yourself. Exactly. Well, not videos. I'll just, I'll just type stupid stuff in there, and and, <laughs> and you know, like you know, when you uh, <laughs> when you got the pudding pop and the. Uh, all right, that was my Bill Cosby imitation. One of my Bill Cosby imitations. The other one I'm not doing on camera. Um, all right, so we do have a clip of you um, that I found online. Um, oh yeah. It's a short clip of a of a joke. Uh, it's not the entire joke because I actually didn't want to go where the joke ends up going. But um, <laughs> tell me if tell me if you recognize this. Um, and if I'll see it. And when I was in that school, it was barely, you know fucking middle class white kids getting away with murder, literally. <laughs> All right. So could you not hear or see that? God, all right. Well, that this is the end of the, this is pretty much the end of the of the videos. Uh, so we won't have to. It won't be a recurring theme that you have no idea what we're talking about. But it was it was you in a comedy club talking about how you went to a middle middle class school with white kids who got away with murder, literally. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what I what I love about that more more than the joke itself is the captions of the joke. And again, you're not going to see this, but. This this is what I clipped from. At some point, they like you make some sort of noise and it goes unintelligible French noise. Like it's it's saying what you're saying and then it says unintelligible French noise, and yeah, like how dare they? That that wasn't an unintelligible French noise. It was it was an intelligible French noise. No, no, yeah, no. I I do make those sounds. That is a French thing. You know, that's kind of like a very French kind of like hesitation, kind of break, like give myself a second to say something smarter kind of sound. So um, yeah, I I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that was uh, that was a gig in Bath. That was a fun gig. That was the the reason I like that joke as well as you could see there is like I I delivered like I came up with that kind of um 
tweak on the the actual joke just saying you know they get away with murder literally and um i'd done it once before that night and it worked well i did it then and they got kind of absolutely nothing and then i obviously as you know, i know you cut the, the bit out but then i kind of added a topper to it that managed to kind of get the laugh which which i enjoyed because it's kind of that idea of not giving up just because the normal punchline that you know is yeah it, it did get it. it did get the better laugh it was it was about school shootings and i just I, you know it, it it's a bit of a sore subject over here but yeah. uh but no i mean i if i was in the room at the time i would have laughed as well so but i i just i had to get that unintelligible french noise thing because I, I i just thought that was bang out of order um oh, a few yeah. a, a few of you in the chat are um you, you know um are, are putting in questions please continue to do that we're saving them for later um quick shout out to to drago bulgarian gunner mark bakridan lynn simpson fergus is in here uh from guns and yellow ribbons muhammad the bear uh mark my words is back and i'm not kidding you gotta you better mark them bx gunner hfn um who else is in here christian 312 gunner good to see you buddy uh moss from canada easy isle fan Craig from Fort Lauderdale's in the Hizzle, Ugo EB, Lou Weed, um, Patrick Carlson. So uh, that's pretty much going back to the beginning. So thanks for being in here uh, and welcome Loki as well. Uh, the very last video that we're going to play, and then we'll get into Rafinha, is a player who I think is more talented than Rafinha, frankly. He's retired uh, at the young age of 18 from, from competitive uh, football, but... Uh, the techers that you're about to see here have me thinking that he might be a better option for for the arsenal so just have a little have a little look at this practice session here uh since practice sessions are always seeing from arsenal you'll see this from a football call a footballer named jaquinho feinberginho Oh, <laughs> all right so french let me describe it <laughs> i should be like the person in the corner doing the sign language and stuff but yeah, yeah. so so basically he's doing a lot of keepy uppies he does not around the world hits it back in front of him takes one hop and and goes top bins now there's no there's no keeper in the net let's just be clear about that but i mean ramsdale couldn't even have saved that <laughs> i mean there's no way oh and um how excited are you for his trial at the Arsenal? Uh, I come from a really backwards place where that stuff gets your legs broke on a football pitch. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I don't no, think no. you probably would have done the 12 keepy uppies and the around the world if, if someone was defending. <laughs> Stick to your guns, bro. That's what you have to do. No, no place for that shade. Well, <laughs> it's know. impressive, though. Well done, Jake. I mean, the guy's just got he's, – he's able to do things with his feet. He's never able to do, and I don't know where I will take that comment from here. But that's about it. If you came here for Arsenal, now you're getting some Arsenal. Um, Rafinha Gate. I mean, he's going Barca. Wait, no, he's coming Arsenal. <laughs> no, now he's going to Chelsea. No, okay, Leeds is going to hold on to him. Now it's Barca again. Adu's a disgrace again, of course. What the hell is going on, man? I mean, uh, Rafinha, 25 year old winger, clearly from the Ivory Coast uh talented player but this drama is all a bit too much i mean is anyone with me french what 
what do you make of the player? What do you make of the drama? How's it going to end? Twerking, twerking for Barca, isn't he? Twerking for Barca. Deco is just offering him as much as he can. It's clear he wanted to go there from the get-go. Personal terms were agreed with Barcelona months ago. And obviously, the idea was Leeds might get relegated. I think they would have got him on the cheap. And then, obviously, they didn't get relegated. So Leeds want £60 million. And so they're obviously just trying to squeeze the most money out of the deal as they can. Um, I think that they're kind of holding out the well. The previous to last report was that they were holding out right for um chelsea whereas now we're hearing barcelona may be willing to match the 60 million bid or something i think the player probably doesn't well i don't know it's speculation i think he wants to go to barcelona i think that's very clear um whether or not he'd have a preference between arsenal or chelsea i don't know you know there's arguments to say obviously chelsea have champions league but then he might end up playing wing back he's not going to be the, necessarily a primary player in that kind of system um whereas at arsenal you know he'd be you know starting every game kind of thing so there's i don't know you know who that might just be more a question of who's to offer him more and then you're hearing questions of 240k on the wages and stuff and you're thinking yeah i'm not trying to offer some what seven goal a season like never scored them more more than seven non-penalty goals in a season including in league one Pepe was was banging more numbers than that in league one so I don't know 240 240k a week for that um it starts to sound a little bit nuts to me dude is talented I don't think there's any question about that but it's not like he's I mean it's not like he's killing Mbappe or something just waiting to explode I mean I think we've you know we might have seen what we're going to see from him um albeit in a you know in a system or a team with teammates that aren't as quality as the next team he's gonna make the leap to i think we got the brazilian advantage now on chelsea as well which is unusual although you know they have deco but uh you know pulling strings but i think uh from a teammate perspective he'd, he'd probably fit in better at arsenal but uh i mean he can ultimately control this owen couldn't he i mean like like if he's getting a better wage packet from Barca and he wants to go to Barca and Barca are saying, Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're so poor. We can only give you 50 and Chelsea's giving him 60. I mean, Leeds's choices basically are keep him or tell him to go or, or sell him to Barca. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I stuck that into our WhatsApp group earlier is that he's in the driving seat here uh, for me because I think he's got a remaining two years left on his deal. <clears throat> and He's seemingly stalling on every front of the transfer. You know, Arsenal, by all accounts, have been moving quite aggressively in this window. Um, and I wouldn't imagine that they've changed their approach for Rafinha. I'd say that they've went, they've put decent money on the table. They've been uh, negotiating with Leeds. And it's, uh, I think it's just a case of the player is just stalling. You know, if he is looking a high-profile high move, Chelsea come in, agree a fee with Leeds, seemingly, as French mentioned, uh, plus £200,000 a week wage packet on offer, Champions League football, there's no reason why he wouldn't accept that if he wasn't waiting on Barcelona. And for me, if I'm being honest with you, I think that if he is stalling and waiting on Barcelona, he must have some sort of reassurances from Barca that, that they're going to be able to make this deal work somewhere or another. Obviously, the Frankie de Jong links with Man United would be an intake of cash for them to maybe make this deal possible. Another thing that I read, I'm not sure how true that is as well, is that they're rejigging some way their, t- their TV rights percentage yeah. to, to make more money available to them. Um, 
so that that could be a case of it's just a case of money moving around if you're asking me to hinge any bets my bet is that he is a, a barcelona player which is mental when you think of the fact that barcelona have players in their in their team at the minute they, that they can't register um due to their financial situation so they, they already have too many players that they can't even register and yet they're going to go out and fork out another heap of money on another player that <laughs> it's it, it's insane I read uh, I, I I read a brief headline about the whole Barcelona rights uh, TV rights deal. I haven't dug into it yet. It's the type of thing that interests me. Um, but uh, it, at first glance, just just based on the headline, it sounds like they're essentially doing something called factoring, which is you, you have a bunch of accounts receivable, you know, money that you will be paid, and they're exchanging it for a smaller amount of money that you can get in your pocket right now. Um, you know, so they're, they're commoditized, well, not commoditizing, but they're securitizing their future income flows into like, a uh, you know, like a, uh, another type of equity that a company owns now. And if you do well and the, and Spain gets another huge La Liga deal and Barcelona participates in that, it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of money for the investor, Sixth street but- bank. But they're going to get the money right now to be able to continue on. But eventually, they're just kicking the can down the road with that shit. But I'll I'll be honest, and I don't often do this, but simply for the reaction of the Chelsea fan base on 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 Twitter, um, I, I'm sort of uh, cheering that Barcelona move on. If I'm being being honest with you, if he's going anywhere, I would rather him go there. there because be dominoes I, that fall if that happens. Yeah, because I do believe that he is a very good player. But what I would say is that. If we're talking sixty plus million and two hundred thousand pound a week, I would much rather see that divvied up and distributed throughout the squad. You know, the, the Telemans deal is still there to be got. If Arsenal want to reapproach that for around twenty five million, and I don't think he would be anywhere near that mark of wages a week. You know, this uh, Lissandro Martinez deal that we can talk about later. There, there, there's other places in the in in the squad that are more important at this minute that are higher priority and I think to go and try and prioritise the Rafinha deal whilst it would be good whilst it wouldn't be against him as a player coming into Arsenal there's higher priority places that money can go and yeah this doesn't need to be the one that we just bend over backwards and say you know what let's get this done at any cost and and the thing that I didn't anticipate when I put together that uh, the financial show last weekend if you haven't seen it just go to our, our YouTube page it's called Magic Mike shows you the money but uh, and thank you Harry for your compliment um you know i made some assumptions based on the wages that players were currently earning knowing that we'd be giving them a huge pay rise in many cases doubling or slightly more than doubling their wage but rafina's on sixty-three thousand now i think with leads i anticipated maybe his wage next year would be about 125 140 at most but if he's talking to 240 that changes things tremendously because not only is it an extra five, you know, five and a half to six million quid a year for the next five years, which is, you know, that is the same money that you would use to spend on a twenty-five uh, on on Telemann's transfer fee alone. At twenty-five million on a five-year contract, you're paying five million a year. The difference between one forty and two forty a week in wages is 5 million a year. Same thing, same pot of money. I know it's transfers versus wages, but it's coming from the same thing. So, um, you know, that's a big deal. Um, and, and it also upsets the entirety of the, you know, makes him the highest paid player, depending on what Jesus is getting. And it further complicates the soccer contract extension and so on and so forth. So, um, 
you know, I, that the wage thing just blew me away. Because if it's 240, then I'm out of the Rafinha game altogether. He can go fuck himself or fuck over another team, as far as I'm concerned. And there are, you know, then then we turn our attention maybe back to Cody Gapko, who, I, who, who to me seemed raw when I saw him play in person, but that was just one game. He's certainly flexible, could play at the nine if we need him, and maybe a little bit more of a long-term play than Rafinha would be even. So, um, But French, he mentioned there Cody, Cody Gakpo. Who are realistic alternatives? You know, we talk about that price fee of around 50 to 60 million, even say 30 to 40 million. What alternatives can you see that are realistically out there that we could go for? Well, I mean, the thing I like about how I feel Arsenal are moving at the moment is like, Obviously, we had the Vieira deal come through and, like, we didn't even realise that we were in him in for him until, like, you know, just before he was already coming in for his medical and signing the papers sort of thing, you know? Um, even the Rafinha deal, we've apparently been working on that for a while and, you know, we haven't... Um, we didn't really know about it until, yeah, we kind of started actually talking about putting bids in, you know? So that that's something that we'd been interested in, apparently, I don't know, since before the end of the season, but I don't think anyone really thought that was a serious link. You know, we've been talking about Gakpo, about these other players. So, um, I mean, yeah, you're seeing names like Gakpo being mentioned. You're seeing um, names like, uh, I mean, Noah Lang popped up, and I think I saw that you were super against that as well. Um, I don't know. I, there's, a, there's a few connections, but what I, but, uh, what I really uh, think... At least from Crystal Palace. Yeah, Lisa is one that I'm seeing mentioned. I don't know if there's actual links there necessarily, but you're seeing that. I mean, Harvey Barnes, if we're talking about names being mentioned, you know, Harvey Barnes is one that's popped up quite a bit that I'd be pretty interested in, you know, slapping 50 million. Who's the Barnes that we hate? That's that's Ashley Barnes we hate, right? Harvey Barnes we don't hate? Yeah. Tell tell me who I hate. I need need to be reminded who I hate. Harvey Barnes is Harvey Barnes is all right. Um, okay, he's he's, so. he's 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 good, man. Like if you, he, he he's a good player. He, you know, from passes the eye test, passes the, the stats test, kind of jumps off the page. I think he had some issues with injuries, but uh, if West, we could the, grab the him and Tielemans off Leicester, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? Was that and the West Ham guy as well? Um, which which was Ham? Jared Bowen. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, nah, no, nah, I don't want Bowen, man. <laughs> I I, too much Brexit FC, man. I'm cool on that. I'm, um, I, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. I'm not crazy on. You don't want another I don't English I, I core? Don't really the bone hype. Huh? You don't want another English core? It's not. To be honest, I just don't really buy the bone. Like you know, yeah, I'm not. I'm not crazy on. Like you know, if I, if we had like a, a Bellingham coming, I'm not going to say I don't want Brexit FC. But Bowen is just. I don't know. He's a little bit. I feel like he's a little bit of a basic player. We probably have to play him in. I don't. He's not. He's definitely not for me going to be moving Saka out of that position. Rafinha, you can have a conversation about where what we do with Saka, but we're not playing uh, Bowen over Saka in that position. I don't know how effective he is from other places. So, But what I was going to say was I like the fact that what I a lot of people who I'm seeing are not really that worried about the fact that we're not getting Rafinha, you know, because there's some kind of idea that, look, we've got some money to spend. These guys are working to a plan. And we've already pulled in some some nice names. Obviously, Jesus we've known about for a while, so that might feel less exciting, but that's still a brilliant signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vieira was out of the blue, which was really nice. The, the chase for Rafinha was kind of showing us that we've got money, we're looking for serious targets. So I think a lot of people are kind of sitting back and thinking, all right, right now it feels like we might be waiting to see what Rafinha does, which doesn't feel great, but that might not be the case. 
because we didn't know Vieira was happening. So they might very well be working on it in the back. I, I, man, I think, I think people are sleeping so hard on that deal, that Vieira deal. I think that people have just brushed that under the rug far, far too quick. I, I've actually went back and looked at him a lot and looked up his way scout stats and stuff like that. And it's people who want to say we've only signed Pauline, or Pauline, I keep calling him Paulinho, uh, Marquinho and, and this Vieira guy that no one knows. I mean, I think we've snatched up a, a, a an absolute diamond. It's very exciting that player. Very exciting profile. His goal scoring record is is really exciting as well. Um, you look at he's an end product guy, but he's also like a possession ball retainer. I think um, people are looking at like you know yeah he's a little bit skinny. You know you see the arms. They're saying he needs to hit the gym and stuff. But I mean, Bettino bulked up real quick. You know, get him on the cycle. Get him. You know, on who else is excited about the supplements? <laughs> Vieira yeah, I mean, is also exciting to Jared Bowen because so exciting that he got his girlfriend pregnant and now they're staying in London instead of going to Liverpool, apparently. So, um, okay, thank you, Fer for thank you Fergus, always with the inside news from uh, from Fergus. Nice. Um, so just quick, quick maths. Wait, um, so what's the logic that you can't raise a baby in Liverpool? Like, I don't, I, I don't see why. <laughs> I've never been able to successfully raise a baby in Liverpool, but that doesn't mean <laughs> that he couldn't. I mean, I don't know why, you know. Um, so not to again turn it into a financial podcast, but when you look at when you look at the wage bill, which if you watch the financial podcast, the, the, the wage bill includes prorated transfer fees. So, you know, you could spend a lot more money on transfer fees if the guy's not going to command that much wages and vice versa, uh, which is why you always see free transfers getting way too high wages. Pablo Mari almost a free transfer, Cedric on 75, uh Kolasinac on a hundred, absolutely know, ridiculousness. But um Rafinha on 65 million over five years and 240 a week is a 25 million pound did i say dollars i hate when i do that uh 25 million pound obligation every year for the next five years 125 million pounds committed cody gakpo if we assume he's on 140 a week and i don't think he's I don't even know that that would be what we need to pay him. Yeah, I don't, I'm not even sure. He, he's 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 younger. He's not. He's at the stage where he could be very good. He's not known to be very good yet. Um, you know, he's very raw. Again, if if he, even if he was on 140 a week and cost 40 million, that comes out to a total of 15 million a year, eight in transfer fee and seven in, in wages, 15 a year for the next five years. It's 10 million a year less, 50 million over the length of the contract. He's a little bit younger as well and and um, and can play more positions, I think. And, and that's just a huge difference. And that's if he's on 140 and we pay 40. If he's a 35 or 30 million pound transfer and he's on 100, then, then it's even more. And that is the way that Arsenal are thinking now as opposed to the way United think, Chelsea think, and Arsenal used to think from a, you know, oh, we're going to, you know. They seem to think that it that Arsenal in, the, in years past, that they just pay much higher wages to get them to come uh, and would, like, mince words over a million here, a million two on the transfer fee. And it just doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, it never did, and, and now they really seem to be thinking differently. They're using a more holistic kind of way of evaluating finances. And, you know, honestly, between Rafinha and Gakpo, I think the one who would have the more impact right away is Rafinha. But I think the one who would be better for our team in the long run is Gakpo. Uh, my dream, Nkunku. Uh, but he just doesn't seem to be headed anywhere, uh, at least for the next year or so. They just just extended his contract at, Leip 
at um, Salzburg. Is it Salzburg or Leipzig? It's a like Leipzig. But doesn't he have a release clause of like sixty million there in that? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there's something tied to that. I, I don't know. I mean, I think sure, that guy would be a, that guy yeah, would be yeah, a dream yeah. replacement, in my yeah. opinion. Well, um, <laughs> Emery wanted him. That's what they were saying, isn't it? Emery, yeah. Emery would have got him in if we had his targets. We would have won the league. But yeah, no, so <laughs> we can always is, bring him back, with... Emery. I mean, you know, none of the players that he <laughs> that played, you. none of the players that like like forced him out and made fun of his accent and shit are still here anyway. So, you know. Uh, the 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 idea of kind of messing up our wage structure and making stupid mistakes that like we we obviously did it kind of a little bit with Pepe where we went all out for a player who had one really good season in a different league and wasn't to be fair Rafinha I think is probably more of a priority target for Arteta than Pepe was for Emery but um you know it was we kind of over we obviously overpaid for something that was relatively unsure and I think we're obviously hesitant to make that mistake again and then if you look at like a Chelsea their track record with forwards, I said this recently, has not been great. You know, they're just kind of thrown money at your Pulisic's, at your Havertz, Werner, Ziyech, Lukaku. You know, every summer it's, you know, a few hundred million. They got a conveyor belt for these guys, man. I mean, and it's like they've got the money to get away with it and still win stuff because they can just keep throwing, throwing money. But you look at it, it's not a smart, that's not how we want to operate, you know. And right now it looks like we don't really have a plan. So, sorry, man. I, I I I don't mean to keep talking over you. I know I've done it a lot today, but it's it's kind of this this just slight delay on the connection that we're having. But uh, plus, I'm just rude. Um, they could. I mean, what's wrong with having Mount and Tammy Abraham and like like if they had just kind of progressed their young players through, they wouldn't be bad. Instead, they you know they they spent, and I'm talking like combined wages and all that. They spent you know like 400 million pounds on three or four players, Lukaku, uh, Zayek, um, the ones you've just mentioned, Werner, uh, Havertz, who may end up coming good, but they certainly didn't have fantastic starts in their in their most recent stints. And, and, I think and we it's, can say Lukaku's not going to come good. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, not at Chelsea anyway. But, uh, but the I mean, it's just they spent so much money and kept their – you know, there. I mean, and and then Tammy Abraham probably would have been a successful guy there if they had just given him the opportunity. Well, they kept putting people in front of Tammy him. Abraham, fourteen goals he scored, I think. Fourteen goals under um, Frank Lampard, and no one's outscored Tammy Abraham since he left. Like since that season, there's not been a single player to score fourteen goals. So, yeah, that's this is what I'm saying. And so, like, if they they're making those mistakes, and this summer it looks like, like, all right, they wanted to hijack. The Richarlison deal with Tottenham this morning, we heard they were in for that, trying to hijack the Rafinha deal, they're getting Sterling. There were talks of, like, he was discussing something with Ronaldo, the, the Bowley fella, so they don't look like they really have any clear plan. They're just trying to throw money around, and, like, if that's what they want to do, fair enough, but I don't, I, I'm kind of glad Arsenal are not considering paying, that. I hope they're not considering paying 240 or, or whatever those reported prices are, so, yeah. And I'm, I, I wanted to ask you, are you, like, are you concerned? Are you, like, worried about that position? Because... I wouldn't say that I feel worried about it. I feel like I'm I'm almost curious to see what we're going to do next rather than be like, oh, shit, we didn't get Rafinha. Oh, no. No, no, I'm know? not, I'm not like, worried about it. I, I, I love more depth there. I mean, I, I, I'm not worried about it, but I also wasn't, like, worried about it when I thought we were getting him. I wasn't like, why are we doing this? And now I'm not like, why aren't we doing this? Like, like I, I'm, I'm, right. I'm ambivalent about it because that's pretty much our strongest position in our entire eleven. Or 
in our time I, I was so up for it man i'm not gonna lie well, I mean, I, 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 it was exciting more because of, it was kind of like a show of intent. And as long as we didn't just do yeah, that exactly. and then not get, and then not get the butcher. I mean, look, I will re re up with Arsenal for another hundred years if we sign the butcher. Just because I want the, I want the butcher. I don't know if you've noticed, uh, if you've watched uh, any of our recent show, but I am all in on the goddamn butcher. I um, actually, I actually reckon that <laughs> as, as, as soon as, as soon as. Butcher Raf- 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 no, the Rafinha link sort of had died off and it had sort of steered away from us slightly. I actually think that <clears throat> a potentially a more sensible move as well would be to go for a different profile of striker instead of a wide forward because we all know Gabriel Jesus can perform on the right side as well. So if Saka's absent, drop Gabriel Jesus to the right-hand side and go for a different profile of striker. What? Somebody a bit big more direct you know and and it potentially means you've always got that other option there well you know who can play in that position and play like that and is big and is direct he's just a little raw cody gakpo so you know i'm thinking like you know maybe putting together and and a little martinelli like and there's another guy who you know if need be i just I don't think we're going to be literally just down to Niketia and, and, and Gabby Jesus in the number nine position, no matter what with injuries and otherwise, I, mean, I don't think our next step from those two is Tyrese John Jules or even uh, Balligan. I think it could be one of the guys that we're bringing in that can be a little bit more flexible or, you know, Martinelli it just depends on how long that would end up needing to be the case. But um, the let, let's talk a little bit about, cause you just mentioned Richarlison Spurs, I mean, the Basuma move now, especially with the inevitable, uh, you know, clearance of those charges, looks like a shrewd deal. But some of the other stuff they're doing seems a lot like what Everton would do and has done and didn't work out for them. Uh, I mean, Richard, uh, I, maybe it's just wishful thinking, but I mean, French, are they are they really making impactful long term? I mean, I think we are seeing the impact of having a, a, a coach who comes and signs a nine or a, a, an 18 month contract. Yeah. Every time I think he, uh, every time a lot of people have said that it's like, if... sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, I think, I think a lot, a lot of people have said this, like every, if, if we, if Eddie was to have this kind of like um, season in terms of transfers incoming, like I think it's Fraser Forster, Perisic, um jed spencer's you know debating whether or not he wants to come to out of the championship to come to tottenham um, that would be a good time, you know richarlison i think basuma is the only one that i we would all agree as a, as a quality player um and so yeah if eddie was to have that kind of like transfer window people would be calling for his head you know that's these aren't these aren't signings to bring you up to the next level there there may be i don't know i don't know what the hell their transfer i don't care what their strength for strategy is i i, I see an aging team there that is you know their best player wants to go and and if he doesn't go well you know he's fucking 31 and not getting any less injured so i, I I'll tell you their what ceiling the- is their ceiling and like um i don't see them kind of increasing past that but i do I do find it, yeah, I do find it quite funny, you know, the, the kind of narrative people are saying Basuma is better than, they're putting Basuma and Partey in the same sentence as if they're even like kind of similar players, as if he could play that role, uh, that lone six role. Um, and, you know, people are saying, yeah, Richarlison, you know, walks into the 11. I don't rate Richarlison at all. 
I, I, well, we were linked to him a few times and I've never rated him. I, I didn't like the look of him. I think he's he's got like, you know, he bounces around, he runs into people a lot, but he's. I don't think he's got a good, he's, he hits the ball hard. He's not got a cultured shot on him. He's not and, got and, a cultured shot. never been a more hateful cunt to suit more of a hateful cunt club. Well, that's true. Yeah, when, he definitely when, suits him. Yeah. Where, where did he move to uh, Everton from? Was it Watford? Watford, yeah. And it was a huge money move. Like that, people were like, they spent fifty three million on who or what or whatever that number was. Like, like I don't even think Everton made their money back. I mean, I think they just about made their money back, which is impressive considering I don't think he's a fifty three million pound player then, and I don't think he is now. I don't think he sucks. I mean, you know, it's it's not a bad sign. It's not a bad signing for a team to make, but they certainly seem to have like, like I'll tell you what their transfer strategy is, French. Their transfer strategy is that they are fucked if they don't make the top four right now. Absolutely. Do you realize I think he's a More bum? More than honest, I think Richardson is a bum. If you look at his stats over the last three years, they're the same as Lacazette's. He's, he's, he's played 10 more games and scored three more goals and two less assists than Lacazette. And we don't rate Lacazette. And, and Lacazette is one of those 29-year-old, you know, like this is a guy coming into his prime who's he's not putting up any kind of numbers. He's not a, a nice player to watch play. Like yeah, I've, I've been I reckon he's a bum to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. He could he he could surprise us. So I don't know, but uh... see, see see the Basuma deal. <clears throat> Can I just get your opinion on this here? Obviously, with the allegations hanging over his head and potential charges at the time of purchase, I know people said that there's some. Surely Tottenham got some sort of reassurances. Do you think the fact that there, nobody else went in for a player of his ability? Because I think we can all agree that. Basuma is a fantastic footballer and arguably one of the best in his position and the best in his roles in the Premier League at doing what he does. But were Tottenham taking a gamble going for a player like Basuma? Do you think that's why they got him, simply because they were the only club willing to take that risk at that time? Or do you really buy into the fact that they had some sort of reassurances? Um, I, I don't personally know enough about what 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 Daniel Levy's like kind of connections are in terms of what he'd be able to 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 get a hold of. A lot of people are speculating that, and and I understand why they say that. But I know definitely, like you hear it in the interview when he comes out and he talks about it. He's like, I really want to play Champions League. My my dream is to play Champions League. You know, and enjoy so, it for one season, my friend. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing, and I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't really. And that's the thing that kind of puts you off a bit about Rafinha. Like, how much do you actually want to be here? You know, because mm-hmm. if it's like you come for Champions League and then now next season you're not in the Champions League, now you've got a player who doesn't really want to be there like that. Like, I, I don't really want that. So I think you're right. I think probably a lot of teams were staying away. Whether or not they had assurances, I don't know. But I'm sure probably other teams didn't. Let's put it that way. Whether yeah. or not Spurs did, I don't know. But other teams definitely didn't. And so people were sort of staying away. And then Spurs just were like, obviously, yeah, took their chance. And yeah, man, he didn't look happy in that video. <laughs> I pushed back. I pushed back a lot at the concept when they signed him that 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 they knew he was going to get let off. Um, you know, like like I I just didn't believe that they would have had those insurances. I you know I would have I, I believe that they might have felt like there wasn't a huge risk, but there was still risk. And frankly, whether you have some inside knowledge or not it's kind of a PR situation and, you know, I mean, your, your fan base, you have to worry about, uh, and I'm not just talking about the, the people who don't give a shit about sexual assault charges. I'm just talking, uh, you know, they, they just care if you win games. I'm not talking about that lot. I'm talking about the ones who care about it all. And, and it, it's a factor for, 
for them. And that, you know, I'm in that group. It's a factor. If he were to get, you know, be found guilty of that, it would be a stain on not just him, but on the club. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't, I don't buy the fact that they, like you said, had any reassurances whatsoever because well, but, the, the but, na- no, but the, the, the nature, the, the nature of the system, Mike, the way it works, the way the it's, it's processed. There's, there's no way that they could have had any reassurances. They maybe had an inkling as to what way that the, the investigation was going, but there was no here's, positive assurance. Here's the thing, though. I, I, I tended to agree with that, but, I mean, like, eight days in between the signing and the news. Like, this thing's been pending since October, and... They sign him on. I, I'm just guessing the date, like fe, like June 20th and June 28th or something. Like like it's. It, I'm at the point now where I do kind of think they maybe had some sort of information or, you know, something was said to them. Maybe someone in the in the you know in the court system is a is a spud and 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 leaked some news inside. I mean, I I don't know and I don't care. Um, if if he were still with Brighton and found out two days ago that he had been cleared and the price was still 25, I would want Arsenal to go in on it. But I would did I, I didn't and don't have wanted us to have gone in on him in that situation. But you know, as to whether they had some knowledge or not about it, I, I think they probably there's a good chance that they might have just because it's just it's too coincidental how bang 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 those things happen um so in any case um let's do some user questions uh we got some earlier we want to go back and and uh and highlight some of those um this one came from the very beginning of the podcast and there's nobody better to answer this question than french i reckon he's a potential breakout player this season um i honestly believe that there's yeah yeah I, I i definitely think he's a potential like breakout player of the season i think you know the first half of last season was esr's the season before was saka's season um i mean there's a lot of players you could say you could say martinelli might have a great one but i think just with lukonga you can clearly see the talent is there the mentality is there he, he doesn't kind of hide after he makes a mistake you know um he doesn't disappear uh, completely he might make a couple more mistakes but he doesn't disappear um, and I think the talent is clearly there. For, so for me, it's just about getting time. And we've got Europa League, um, which, you know, is is annoying in one way, but in the other way, it means that we definitely are going to be playing a lot of our our squad. Our whole squad is going to play um, because, you know, they're not like do or die games, you know. So he's going to get a lot of starts in that Europa League. And, um, yeah, I think he's a potential breakout player next season. Oh, and could it, you maybe do Maybe in that left-sided eight role. Yeah, I mean, could you do not worse than Elmany and Not necessarily as like the party replacement. Maybe he's not quite that yet, but like, yeah, left day. Oh, could I mean, could you do worse than having you know Elmany and and Lakanga play in the in the group stages of the of the Europa League just to get us past the the Farmer League teams? No, and I think like not to make excuses for being out of Champions League, but in terms of building a young squad I think this is the difference between Champions League and Europa League you don't have that grace with Champions League football every game is a must win whereas uh, a lot of these games in the Europa League is good for bedding and players like that and I'll be honest last season with Sambi Lukonga I think that uh, he was pretty unfortunate because I think it w- wasn't it uh, through Granit Xhaka and Thomas Partey's absences um, 
in, in different uh, timings that he, he did get a prolonged run in the team. And he was actually arguably our best player at that part of the season. And then uh, when Granit Xhaka eventually returned, he was taken straight back out of the team. Um, and he never really recovered from that, if I'm being honest with you. I think he's poten- potentially been sort of beaten with a stick that was never meant to be there to be for him to be beaten with, uh, which is that he he's a player for the future. He isn't somebody who's coming in to immediately impact the squad. And I think that when you look at the profile of this team in general, he's one of those ones that will grow with the team over time. Um, but yeah, man, it's just that people just cast aspersions on players far, far too quickly and, and they don't take them off them fast enough either. New season for Lukonga, new start. And for me, I agree with French. I think he's going to be one of the breakouts this season. New country for him and everything. The, um, I mean, the thing that we don't know anything about Sandy Lukonga about is his personality, his his role, his, you know, how he fits into the team socially and all of that. But the one thing that I think people keep forgetting is he is the captain. He was the captain of Anderlecht, was he not? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Anderlecht is in Belgium, by the way. Um, but like at whatever, I mean, and, and it wasn't, I mean, it was a year and a half ago that he was the captain of Anderlecht. So if he's 23 or 24 now, he was 21 years old. That does that. That's pretty rare. And Anderlecht is not, you know, it's not young boys. It's not, you know, uh, some second division team in, in Germany or, or Austria or something. Uh, Anderlecht is a top Belgian team and yeah. along with, you know, Bruges and, and, um, and, and the other one. Uh, so there, for him to be the captain of that team, there, there must be something there beyond just playing ability that will be very useful and, and accommodate him and suit him well in the Arsenal squad. Um, people talk about sending him on loan as well as Nuno Tavares I'm fine with the Nuno Tavares thing if we if we are to bring in Zebucher uh, or someone else like Hickey, but but I mean Lakanga I think needs to grow in in the team and the Europa League format for him, like you said, is perfect. He should be playing every single Europa League game, just full stop, unless God forbid we need him in the Premier League uh, due to injuries or or suspension. So. Um, so yes, I think we're all of the opinion that Lokanga will improve. Um, Lynn says with Rafinha for her, there's going to be another twist. I think that Jesus will do a PR session. Why is he chosen Arsenal over Five Club, and how good Arteta is hoping this will sway Rafinha? Yo, join. Um, I was just about to say the exact same thing in the exact same way. Um, is that a question? I, I don't know, um, but I like Lynn, so I put it in there. Um, there is going to be another twist, or is there going to be another twist? I don't know. I don't think there's going to be another twist. I think, and I hope at this point, uh, if the the wage things are true, that that we don't sign him. Anyone, anyone want to add to that? I'll, Barcelona. I reckon he's going Barcelona, and I think yeah, that's that that the, the twist is that Barcelona now have money all of a sudden because I did see not only like some random Twitter accounts, but I think a Barcelona official account announced something about those TV rights to um, going to. Sixth Street or something like that, and then yeah, Sixth Street Bank first. Yeah, so they so they're getting some money, um, and yeah, so I think it'd be yeah, funny if they money, if they posted a tweet like, is is it John Lap- like like Juan Laporta or something that that's like the the head guy at Barcelona now or yeah. used to be whatever they should have him like searching through the couch to try to find little coins and euros <laughs> and stuff and be like, 
Rafinha, come, we got you. Um, so yeah, That's all of a sudden, Rafinha is going to be there. Uh, Dembele is going to extend, and Lewandowski is going to get gonna there. They're going to keep. Oh yeah, De Jong. Be amazing. That'll be great. Neymar's coming back. I mean, it's 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 everything. Um, Mohamed Zubair, Malinkovic Savage for fifty mil. We'll turn that into a question. Malinkovic Savage for fifty mil. <laughs> oh, and do you know much about the player? I mean, I've heard I've heard good things. I've watched one of Canton's tactical breakdowns. Does that make me an expert? In uh, him yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it makes you an expert go. simply because you woke up at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, um, by all accounts, he's absolutely fantastic. I haven't, though, I won't lie and say that I've watched a lot of him, but what I have seen of him, he does seem like a solid option. Um, but from some very informed people, being Canton and only Canton, uh, he seems to be his top target, so uh, I would I would take his opinion um, with a fair bit of weight and say that yeah, for 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 that price, I don't even think he would cost that price. I th- do I think I remember hearing something of like thirty five million in and around that amount. I could be wrong, but here's the problem: yeah, why not? there's no way Arsenal sign him because he's twenty seven. They're not going to sign anyone. I, I and I'm only half kidding. Like like. They're they're not going to sign someone that's twenty seven if they have an option who's twenty four, which I think is is finally you know people used to say you buy the best player now so on and so forth. I agree with that in general, but you know if you're comparing players the, and you have the, the ability the, to, 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 the, to to have resale on one of them, then you know I, and I just don't think that they're in the mind to be buying 27 28 year old players the, the only way that you buy a player of 27 28 in today's market you know that you, as you say that used to be the case you used to pay the big money for people but i think everybody has copped on now to the the realization that resale value is vitally important for a football club the only time you spend money is is that person going to be the the key to unlock the success yeah. of getting into top four and yeah. is he worth it because it's 35 for a final piece yeah a final exactly. piece. although Imagine passing on uh, on. Um, I just had his name in my head. Um, the the Croatian guy that used to play for uh, Luka Modric. Like imagine passing on him at twenty seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you'd you'd be a fool at this point because he's just got the high level well into his thirties, I think. But um, what do you think about uh, Milinkovic Savic, France? Oh yeah, okay. Um, from Fergus, Guns and reference. How many signings do we need? We finished the season with 18 outfield players, so need additional additional players. Well, the interesting thing about this, French, is that we also have a lot of people who have come back to us. Right. Um, these are um, let me see something here. This is essentially our, and you may recognize this slide, but this is essentially who we have on the books at this moment. Um, this does not include Gabby Jesus, but it does include Vieira and Marquinhos. Um, we've got 18 outfield and three uh, and and three goalkeepers, but we also have nine people on top of that who we're looking to get rid of or are coming back on loan. And those include guys like Pepe, Mari, uh, Balogun, Runnerson, you know, Tavares, people who were on the first team. So we're not actually short of numbers right now. But I believe that the goal is to essentially swap out five or six lesser players for five or six greater players, which is a nice thing to be able to do. But uh, how many total signings, having made three already, 
including Matt Turner, the goalie, do you think we need to make? Um, so I guess we're looking at the wide forwards slash striker. We, it's a goal threat, right? And that's the reason why I'm hesitant on an Elise type player is because I see him more as a creative. I love Elise. I think he's a great player. But that was the appeal of a Rafinha is that you see he's got finishing. He's got goal threat. Um, so I, with the wide forward, um, we need, well, I think the butcher, um, that left back option is absolutely necessary. And obviously he can also cover, he's, he's a centre back primarily, he can cover DM somewhat. And so I think definitely the cover for left back. So that's two. And then ideally, if we're talking like a brilliant transfer window uh, in terms of incomings, you want that Tielemans, um, you know, that, that, that Tielemans kind of assured cover at left eight, I guess, because I think I'm projecting that Vieira can play there. Whether or not he can start there at the start of the season, not so sure about that, but that he can at some point come in there. Um, but like a Tielemans comes in and you know straight away that left eight role, we've got something that's markedly different from Granite Shaka that increases our output. So I guess three more. So if we're saying we've got three, I guess it's six total. Yeah, and 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 we'll we'll go to you, Owen, with the final uh, question, and it's a good transition from what you were just talking about because it involves the butcher. Um, my, I mean, I'd be fine with a butcher, Tielemans, and that's it for the rest of the window. I would be over the moon adding Gakpo to that or someone of that ilk. Uh, but Darren Reeds asks uh, if the club want the butcher. I'm never going to call him by his regular name, by the way. If the club want the butcher and see him as a versatile player that can save them having to buy two players, then why don't we just pay the 50 million euro? That's a damn good question in this case. Yeah. And why, I, why, I, why try to kind of like slow play this one? Yeah. Um, I can't for the life of me justify that whatsoever because I've been thinking the same thing is that I actually really like the idea of well as keeping our squad as condensed as possible, you know, still having the bodies to, um, to be able to sustain the entire season um, without any uh, issues, but to keep it quite condensed. So if you have a player who can f fulfill a multitude of positions, then that's better. And, and that is the one criticism I will have of maybe Edu up to this stage. Now, we can't look into all the factors. Maybe the player stalling, maybe the club stalling, hoping to launch a bid more, whatever it is. But um, I think that especially with the failure with the Rafinha deal and it being so public, um, I think that they really do need to ramp up their efforts and try and get this one wrapped up because, for me, uh, the fan base will absolutely lose their shit if another one seems to spiral down the drain. Um if yeah. the butcher goes to Manchester United specifically, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. Well, that's that's the that's. The I'm fight, gonna film myself screaming into the microphone for an hour. That's the fight. <laughs> so to make sure to tune got... into that next Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> they've obviously got the appeal of of Eric Ten Hag, so you know it's very possible that um that that would be the bigger thing. But I think it, I think there definitely seems to be an element of Ajax stalling, right? Like that's what it feels like because we are doubling down. Like there is a lot of reports that we put in a third bid of 45 million with, I don't know if that's including add-ons or add-ons on top of that. So I'm, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It feels like, and this is obviously speculation, but if we've put in two, three bids and they're obviously interested, but not actually giving a definite yes or no answer, then are they not just maybe waiting to try and get United into it? Because, you know, Ten Hag saying once the young comes in, then we're going to spend. More. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, man, but, um, yeah, yeah, they're I, waiting I, for other pieces. Yeah, I don't know if it's that simple. 
they're waiting for other pieces that may or may not fall into place. We're pretty much in for him separate from other pieces, I think. And, and uh, I just, we really have to get that guy. I mean, versatility, we had versatility in Callum Chambers. He just wasn't as good as the butcher. Um, You know, he was more kind of like the candlestick maker. Uh, But like, I mean, he could play three different positions, but you know, we knew kind of what he was. This guy apparently is, is, you know, of, of the, the zero seconds of YouTube video I've seen of him um, and the zero second of Tom Canton's incredible 8 a.m. Uh, transfer and tactical breakdowns and all of that, 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 that I've watched of, of the butcher. Um, he's the most important signing that we could possibly make in the last maybe 30 to 40 years at Arsenal, <laughs> uh, as far as I'm concerned. So with that, we will, uh, we will wrap up the, the podcast. Um, yeah, the, the butcher show will not be pretty. It will be the, it'll be RMSA, uh, rather than AMSR. So, um, French, tell us where we can find you. If you are in Bristol or the, uh, general area, you gotta go see this guy, heckle the guy and then accept your, your punishment. Um, uh, sweet. cause he will get you. <laughs> Um, so Instagram J A S I dot Bristol, and then uh, on Twitter at uh, French Gooner down there. Oh, um, so- yeah, man, it's been sweet. It's been sweet. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, and by the way, I almost forgot. Uh, Gooners versus Cancer, the '89 shirt. We finally, at literally, we were going to close it as of an hour ago at 10 p.m. UK time, but about four hours before that, we hit our 500 tickets. So we have raised over $12,555 from this one shirt alone uh, over the last five or six months um, in between our, our, our sessions. I want to thank everybody that entered that. You've got a chance to win an amazing shirt. It's always humbling when we hit these targets. And tomorrow night at 9.30 UK time, 4.30 Eastern time, uh, we'll have a nice show with Sophie uh, from the Highbury Squad and Ruth Beck herself making her debut on our channel uh, and we'll be giving away some of her art. And then of course the 89 shirt will go to a a lucky winner, which I I would hope that that person's watching the show and can share a real time reaction with me because I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, to giving that away. So that's tomorrow night at nine 30 and we've got so many more things going on with Gunners versus cancer that start now uh, that we'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks. So follow that on Gunners V cancer and Owen, um, when are we going to see you again? God knows. When you passed me enough to come back on, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back before the over the weekend. All right. Well, we'll have uh, we'll have a good time coming up soon. Thanks to the fifty some odd of you that were in chat. If you like the the pod, please give us a thumbs up. Please subscribe. We're going to keep the momentum going. Hopefully, with a full uh, run of shows next week with some great guests coming. We already have a few booked, and with that, I shall say. Come on, you gooners. Oh, and this as well.